0: Well, we're going to uh, finish up on our To Be Like Jesus uh, series. And, uh, you know, God has called us to be many things. He's called us to be ambassadors, fellow workers with Him in this world, soldiers in the army of the Lord. We're supposed to be kings and priests and farmers. We're supposed to sow the seed, right, for a bountiful harvest. Jesus said the... the uh, the harvest is plentiful, but the, the, the workers are, what, few. Where are they? Where are they? Here, here we are, Lord. Send me, Lord. Here we are. But we're also going to talk about how he wants us to be um, f- fishermen. You know, he, he called the, the apostles, he called the twelve, uh, well, seven out of the twelve were fishermen. Why did he choose fishermen? Why didn't he choose an accountant? Why didn't he choose... Um, you know, uh, a cabinet maker like him. Why didn't he choose a shepherd? But he chose uh, farmers because he knows that they would go out, they would reach out, be aggressive, be outside the lines. So, so here's the guys that they picked. Well, these are the guys he picked? What a motley crew this is. Unshaven, uncouth, uneducated. He's treating. Uh, uh, wants to have 12 of these guys carry on the whole plan of God for us for eternity. That's a big risk, isn't it? And guess who he has now? Uses. It's a big risk, right? We have to go out and reach and touch somebody to be like Jesus. And what was Jesus' main goal? Is to save sinners and seek those that are lost. And that's what we have to do. Praise God. Now, God doesn't doesn't call the qualified He qualifies the call. Isn't that nice? He he doesn't look at where you're at right now. He looks at where he's going to make you. And he told his disciples, I will make you fishers of men. Let's see that. Next slide. He said to them, follow me. And I will make you. He's going to make us fisher. In other words, if we follow him, if we lean towards him, if we love him, he is going to make. You'll have that desire in your heart. You just want to. Let's look at look at it in the next. In the NIV make it really plain. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. <laughs> what? How do you fish for people? How do you get? You get a hook and you grab them by the neck and. No, no. Let's look at the characteristics. Of how to fish for people. Next slide. First, you have to prepare your bait. Isn't that true? Now, they have this thing now where you can get even uh, fake fish and spray a nice, tasty scent to it, and the fish will eat it. One guy was telling the story, and his, his son uh, found it for him, and he said, Dad, taste this. He goes, Get that away from me. What are you talking about? I'm not going to swallow fish bait, but is that good, Is that tasty. So what are you, what's your bait? Your bait is your story. Whatever God has delivered you from, when God has touched you, when you got saved. You know, everybody has an unusual way of being saved. Did you know that? But the most unusual one I ever heard of was this pastor, and he mentioned this at church, that before he became a pastor, he was at his house, and he was getting stoned. He was, he was doing some kind of drugs, and he was giving up <clears throat> on himself. The devil was saying, you know, why don't you just kill yourself? He said, that's a good idea. So he went over to the oven. He said, I'll just burn, burn myself. <laughs> he went into the oven, poured it down, hit it on you know, 500, stuck his head in there, and it started getting hot, and he went like, whoa, this is hot. I don't want to spend eternity in hell and have all this heat. Whoa. And he took his head out, and someone had ministered to him, told him about how to get saved, so he accepted the Lord right there. Amen. So he, he, he sat down. And all the symptoms of his being stoned left, right like that. And so his buddy came over at, the, at nighttime to see how he was doing. And he said, yeah, I got some drugs. We can get stoned. He said, no, I, I don't do that anymore. I got saved. He said, what? How did you do that? I've been trying to get saved. He goes, here, come over here. <laughs> put your head in this oven right here. <laughs> he put his head in there. He goes, whoa, that's hot. He goes, you want to spend your eternity like that? He said, no, then let's get saved. And he, he led him to the Lord. So whatever you have gone through, whatever you have experienced in life, with the Lord, you can share that with them. I know when I first got saved, I was in a motorhome, 30-foot motorhome, that we were in this big um, promotional thing that fell through. So I said, "Lord, I was 30 years old, Lord. I, if you can have my life now, if you still want it, and I'll follow you wherever I go." And he just came in and touched me and I felt his presence. And every time I pray for somebody, That's the presence that that they feel. The same thing I experience, they experience. So whatever you experience, whatever you got delivered from, whether it's drugs, medical, bad marriage, bad relationships, just a lost uh, feeling in your heart, and God comes and fills you up, that's what you give someone else. That's your testimony. That's your bait. Amen? Now, the second thing is you got to put your hook in the water. Right? It's no good to be standing on the shore and having your bait and afraid to put it in. So, well i can 't put it in because it, I might get rejected. you know maybe the fish don 't like this bait. duh <laughs> you got put it out to see if they do sometimes they do, sometimes they don 't. I mentioned last week in one day I ministered to two people. I was at the drive uh, car wash drive through and I ministered to this guy and I asked him, Do you want to receive the lord and he said yeah i 'd be glad to then I went to The Habit to eat something, and I saw this older guy, and I knew he was on his last leg. So I went to try to talk to him about the Lord, and he goes, hey, I don't really want to hear that. I don't want to hear about religion. And his daughter was there, and she felt the same way, and I said, very sorry. So I went back to my uh, uh, plate, and uh, I said, Lord, why? that was the same spirit that told me to pray for the young guy. And to also pray for the bad guy or the old guy, and he didn't receive it. He says, I know. He needed to hear it, though. He needed to plant the seed so he can start thinking about it. So you got to put your hook in the water. You can't be afraid that they're going to reject you because they're not rejecting you. Who are they rejecting? Jesus, right? So we have to uh, 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 do that. And then the third thing is you have to put your hook in the right water. If you put it in your... your, uh, backyard swimming pool, you're not going to catch any fish, right? If you just keep it in, your, in the four walls here of your testimony, it's not going to go anywhere because it's, all, it's contained in here. But outside, you can reach new fish, new bait. And that's what God wants us to do, reach new people for Christ. And there's plenty of, uh, what do you call it, um, clientele out there for us to, to reach and meet. And they'll, they'll uh, be very glad that you did. Okay, so um, today, we're going to talk to you about a new thing. It's called, uh, it's called, oh no, not yet. Go <laughs> it's uh, being a witness, the next, uh, the next scripture. Okay, here's, here's where it gets good now. So we, what, what, what are we? We're soldiers in the army of the Lord we're friends of God, we're ambassadors, we're priests and kings, but we're also witnesses. Now, let's look at the scripture. But you shall receive power. Ooh, I like it right there, don't you? You shall receive power. Not might, not maybe. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall what? Be witnesses. Witnesses. You will not, I'm going to go witnessing, that's good though, but you will be a witness. Your testimony, your life, your love for the Lord will be a witness to me in Jerusalem and in Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth shall be. It will happen when Deuteronomy's power comes upon you. And so what is a witness anyway? Witness is when you go to court or, or say there's an accident, right? And uh, one car plows into another car, T-bones it, and he went through a red light. And what does the policeman do? He comes, is everybody hurt? Anybody hurt? Everybody okay? They'll say, "Uh, did anybody see this happen? And you say, oh, yeah, I did. So you become a witness. So witness really is uh, telling somebody what you saw, communicating it, and what you heard. So we are witnesses to what God has done in our life. And we're supposed to be a witness. So when you get on the witness stand, they don't ask you, well, what was the speed of the car? Uh, Do you have an automotive engineering degree? Uh, Do you know how fast the light travels? They don't ask you that question, do they? So when you're getting somebody saved or talking to them about the Lord, you don't have to know when dinosaurs came and where they came from. You don't have to know about the end times revelation. You You just have to tell them your story. This is what the Lord did for me. He can do it for you, praise God. It's so funny. I was, and God gives you little ways of doing it. I was at the doctor's office, and I saw this guy. He was putting up a, a, the men's and women's bathroom sign. And someone asked him, are you a carpenter or an engineer? He said, I'm a carpenter. He goes, I said, you know, Jesus was a carpenter. And he turned around and looked at yeah, he was, wasn't he? <laughs> And he also built, he was a builder, he, he, more than just carpentry, he, he built houses, he, he, he established things, and so he says he, he knew that, he had studied that, and so we prayed, he said, brother, I know you're going to be all right, I can just feel, I can just tell in your voice that you're going to be all right, and I said, yes, praise the God, praise the Lord. So our, our testimony is... What have we received from the Lord? What has he given to us so that we can give to others? So if you don't have anything, what? you got to go get it. And that's what these trials and tests are for, so that you can receive the goodness of the Lord, the deliverance of him, and then you refer it to someone else. Amen? And so our witness is how we act, right? How we act. Uh, Let's look at a couple of scriptures here. In John 3, yes. Now, there's a funny coincidence that many times in the Bible it talks about being seen and heard. And it first starts off with Jesus, believe it or not. He who comes from above is above all, and he who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all, and what he has seen and heard, that he testifies. That's what Jesus was doing. Whatever I see my father do, that's what I do. Whatever I hear him say, that's what I say. So when you have the TV off and when you're completely immersed in the Lord, he'll speak to you. He'll talk to you. Go talk to that person. Or here's a a word for you. And so you only talk about what you've seen. And and you can't argue with that, can you? Can someone argue and say, well, I don't don't believe it. Uh, it happened to me. Believe it or not. Okay, let's look at another scripture where we see seen and heard. It's all throughout the Bible. Peter and John answered when he went, uh, said to them, "Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have what seen and heard. What are you pray- when you're praying in the morning? What are you hearing? What are you seeing? What are you going to? He's giving you something for yourself and for others. I'm only saying what I've seen and heard. <laughs> Amen. One more. This is John. He says, that which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. That's what we spread, that's what we talk to, that's how we be. Right? Easy, isn't it, Tony? Just Lord. Tony had a word for us today when we were doing prayer. We just follow along. Okay, praise the Lord. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Just tell your story. Um, so, Let's look at this next slide. Oh, no, let's not go there yet. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Let's go back to the witnesses, Acts, where we're a witness. See, a witness is, part of being a witness in there is a martyr. Its definition is martyr. You have to die to yourself to be a witness. You have to die to your feelings. You have to die to rejection. You have to die to all these things. And you have to uh, uh, have a good testimony. Did you know that? It's one of the major things. If, you have, if you're at work and you're the one that's gossiping and complaining and uh, belly aching and you don't have a good word or something, they wonder, are you a Christian? Really, are you a Christian? But if you're, if you're you keep your testimony you tell the truth at all times Hello? Amen. Kind of quiet in this Presbyterian church. <laughs> you know my, my, mom, my mom taught me at a young age and I used to get in trouble, Okay. Can you, if you can imagine that. And so she'd have to sit me down sometimes and say, okay, Charles, did you do this? i go, no, ma, I didn't do it. Not very convincing, but she said, I'll tell you what, son. If you did it, that's bad. But if you lie about it, that's double bad. Anybody ever heard that? Yeah. You heard that too? I guess it's mom, the mommy book. A mom yeah. And so I said, I, I fessed up, yeah. Yeah, okay, I did it. You know, I don't know why people grow up and they don't have that. They have a defense mechanism. Like, they can't do anything wrong. They didn't do it. They have an excuse somehow, somewhere. I I don't know how they do that. I mean, even on the the politicians, I categorically deny having with that woman. (laughs) And I found out, you know what categorically deny means? You did it, okay? I, I had no involvement. Yes, you did. So, my mom taught me that. So, when I was in, uh, taking care of the uh, court appointees at the other church, once in a while they'd have money that was stolen, you know, lady, in ladies' purses. So, one time I saw that I didn't see him do it, but he could be the only guy that did it. So, I took him into this room and I said, Did you take the money? He said, No, I didn't. So, I went back to my mom's teaching, right? I said, Well, let me put it to you this way. You have 10 hours left. If you fess up and you tell me that you did it, I'll write you off you can get out. If you didn't, I'm going to call the police I'm going to call your mom. You choose. 10 seconds. Okay, here it is. <laughs> and get, I said, wow. Mom was right. <laughs> and I did that several times. It's amazing. It's kind of like this guy that lived up in the hills, the hillbilly. He had three strong sons, big six-foot-strong sons, and he called them together, They're we up in the mountains, he says, did, uh, who, is, who is the one that threw the outhouse into the river? None of them answered. He said, okay, let me tell you a little story. He said, uh, George Washington, he chopped down a cherry tree, and his dad asked him, did you chop down that cherry tree? And he said, yes, dad, I did. And so the dad did not punish him. So now which one of you is going to tell me who threw the outhouse into the river? So one boy raised his hand and says, come on, I'm going to give you a whooping. He said, well, wait a minute. What about the story about George Washington? And his dad didn't punish him. He said, well, George Washington's dad wasn't in the tree when he chopped it down. <laughs> if you need help with that, just... <laughs> So <laughs> uh, don't do that. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you some. Uh, so we're also called salt and light in this world. Isn't that nice? We're, we're a lot of things, aren't we? So so what, what are the, um, what are the uh, characteristics of salt? One, it's for flavor, isn't it? Can you imagine eating some things without salt? I see some people going to the restaurant and they just you know, like snow, on their plate. I go like, are you going to be okay? Oh, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. Grab your hand, what's the matter with you? And of course, you know, in soup, in some places, they put salt as a preservative to make it flavorful as well. And they put so much salt that it is beyond minimum daily requirements. So you have to watch it. But the Bible says that the Christians, see ones who give flavor to a distasteful world, in this world, there's a lot of corruption. There's a lot of rudeness and everything. We have to be the difference. We have to be the salt of the earth. Amen? And then salt heals, right? It heals the body. When, you know, if you have a sore or something, you put salt on it, it. It clams it up. If you have a sore throat, you put salt in there. So it is a healing agent. So we are here to help those that are hurting, to heal broken relationships. We can make, be the difference. Amen? It's so good to be able to help someone that are having uh, disharmony in their family or in their relationships or on their jobs and just give them a simple little tip. Like there's one tip where it says, a, a gift in secret pacifieth anger. Isn't it, have you ever had to do that? Someone's mad at you. You ask the Lord, what can I give them? You give it to them and who can, who can argue with that, right? So we're, we're a salt that heals to a hurt and sick and dying world. We're called to be peacemakers to heal broken relationships. Through our actions, through our words, we can help people recover from spiritual wounds. Isn't that, not, isn't that a good responsibility? Salt preserves, third thing, salt preserves. It's used to keep uh, things from spoiling, um, we know that we are becoming, the society is becoming more corrupt day by day by day. The things that I see on the internet, I'm going like, how in the world can a person of the right mind do those kinds of things? Where are the saints that come alongside and, and bring them out of those situations? It's crazy. Uh, my son has a, a list of things that they're teaching the grade schoolers now about sex education, which is abhorrent. I'm saying, are you kidding me? Ten years ago, this would be like the biggest sin in the world. But now, it's socially acceptable. I I don't understand it. Do you? (laughs) But we have to be able, because, you know, we have to show people that the culture that they're invited into and involved in is not the right culture. It's not a God culture. It's a make-believe, phony baloney system where everybody's happy, whatever you do is Okay? You can choose your own gender. You can do. You can be whoever you want to be. <laughs> but then that could change. You know. Sometimes I feel like a nut. Sometimes I don't. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it is convenient when you go to the all-gender bathrooms. You, if it's, there's not women or men, you can, at least you can go to. You know. One. I feel good today. I feel boy tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here's another thing. Salt makes you thirsty right? So when you're with somebody and you're planting uh, uh, a thirst for spiritual water, that they want to partake and be a part of what you're partaking. It's taste and see that the Lord is good. I know when they have babies, when they don't eat food right away, they give them a little bit of food and put it on their tongue so they taste, oh, that tastes good. I want some of that. So we have to be, uh, we have to tell people good things about the Lord that they may never hear before. And, you know, you say, well, I'm not really a storyteller. Oh, yes, you are. Yeah, you are a storyteller. You, you can tell stories about yourself, how you got wrong at work, how you got wronged on the freeway, how you got wronged at the shopping uh, place. Oh, we got stories, and we'll go on and on and on and on and on. But why don't we tell a story about how God's goodness was for us? Oh, you wouldn't believe what the Lord has did for me. And when you have those kinds of testimonies, people taste, oh, I like, I want to see that, because when people come up and testify, and they say, um, the Lord just blessed me, like we're going to have a testimony about how maybe you, uh, someone got blessed with a tuition next next week, and how did that happen? You taste and see, and they get a hope. Oh, maybe the Lord can do that for me. Oh, you paid off your house. Oh, you paid off your car. Oh, you, the Lord blessed you, and, and you paid off all your bills. Oh, I want to do that. I want to see that happen. So you get hope, and then faith comes by when you read the scriptures and the promises of God, and it comes to pass. Faith is the substance. Can we read it? This over here. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If you don't see it, then you know you need your faith. <laughs> when it shows up, you don't need faith. You got to move on to something else. So faith is it's tangible, it's a substance that things hope for, amen? Faith has a substance to it. It has a, has a feeling to it, okay? And the scripture for salt makes you thirsty is, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water, amen? There's enough water in there, spiritual water. It's like more than a reservoir. It's just a flow that God has for us that we can receive his goodness, his mercy. There it is right now. Thank you, Lord, that you're flowing through us. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit. We thirst for you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Praise you, sweet Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Jesus, 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 we adore you. We love you, Lord. Praise your name. Praise your name. Hallelujah. Do you feel that presence of the Lord? Isn't that nice? Isn't it wonderful? Isn't that what you come to church for? For him, not for me, not for anybody but him. We're just vessels unto his honor. We thank you, Lord, for it. In Jesus' name. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. So the last thing on the the salt side, our speech is supposed to be seasoned with salt. Isn't that not true? Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer each one. we have to, The Bible says you have to study to, uh, to, to speak. You have to think about what you're going to say before you say it. It's so easy to just jump and say one thing, but you have to settle back and say, how can I say this in a good way that will lift someone up, edify them, and uh, make them holy, make them uh, righteous because of what you said. Oh, I have one here. Amen. So, are you ready to be salt Amen. of the earth to build up people? Recognize the power that you have in your word. You know, your words can change people's lives. Amen. You know, if you tell your kids, "Go, do good today. Do the best you can because God is with you. God, lean on Him and He'll do good things for you." I know my wife, when Charles was going to school, his first uh, report card, first grade, he. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. he had a couple B's and my wife said, Charles, you could get all A's if you want. And he got all A's from second grade all the way through into law school. How, just what you can do it, Charles. So you tell your kids that. When they come back and they say, oh, I, I'm not doing good. I'm flunking. No, you, you, can, you can encourage them with your words and say that God is with you. And that's been the case for Rebecca. She had a a C average in her trigonometry, and then all of a sudden she started trusting in the Lord and she got an A. So, uh, I'm sorry, it was calculus. She got a C in calculus one, but she got an A in calculus two. How could she do that? She She began to trust in the Lord. Okay, so that's the salt. Now also we're the light of the world too. Did you know that? Jesus said, I am the light that comes into the world. But his light was deposited in us. So we're supposed to be a beacon of light, not put under a, a bushel, but to be uh, a light in, the, in, in darkness. So we live in a dark world full of lies, hate, and confusion. We have to be countercultural. We can't be flowing with what's happening. We have to make our, our ground and make our stand and believe that God has called us to make a difference in this world. Isn't that true? And what you have to do is you have to put yourself out there. It says, so let your light shine before men. You have to, you have to, you can't just be passive. You have to sometimes take a risk and say, you know what? The Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. And I trust, and they're going to hear it from your heart. There's the Lord again. You feel him? Just, just, yeah, just, I'm letting him just do the work. I'm talking, but he's doing the work. Amen. 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 We heard this story. It was so amazing. This guy went into a healing class and and he, he could barely he could barely breathe. They they sent him home to die. And he was in the in the back seat and he was just <gasps> and everybody was, <laughs> was waiting, wondering, is he gonna take the next breath? And <gasps> And he had, this was for 10 minutes, and kind of interrupted everything. Then all of a sudden, after 10 minutes, he kind of straightened up, and he was breathing kind of normal. And then, after 20 minutes, he sat straight up, and he was perfectly, completely healed. And so the minister went and asked him, what happened? He goes, I don't know, but something has happened on the inside of me. He said, they left me for dead. They left me, go home, but they finally convinced him to go to the healing school, and something's happening. So that's why I feel like something's happening right here. Amen. The Lord is working in you. Thank you, Thank you, Jesus. Just feel him. Feel the presence of the Lord. Thank you. This is my dream is for everyone to feel his presence and his goodness. He's wonderful. He's wonderful. He's marvelous. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. He said he was going to carry me today, so I believe he's doing that. Isn't that nice? So what we do is we have to uh, always pay, uh, point, back, point back to the, the light source. The goal should never be recognizing ourselves, but recognizing the Lord that's in us. We are the light. We can, we can shine. And I don't like that song, this little light of mine, I'm going to make it shine. We don't have a little light. we got a big, powerful light, a beaming light, right, that we should share with others. So our goal is to think wisely, say what is on our heart, use social media wisely, re- re- trim it down, and think about others. Think about others. That's what Jesus did. He thought about others. So what's in our goal of one, now we can go to the goal of one. You say, what do you mean goal of one? What is that all about? <laughs> Well, like I said, we're trying to disciple people. Go and make disciples of all men. Isn't that true? And it can be a family member. It could be a neighbor. It could be someone that you met at work. And it takes time. That's why we leave it for the whole year. It takes time to plant seed and see people come into the kingdom of God. So in that uh, slide goal of one, finally, we got there. (laughs) We disciple one person in 2019. Ask God to show you who to bring to church. Amen? One person. Because if it's good for you, it's good for others. Is that not right? If you've been changed, if you've been uh, stirred by the Holy Spirit, if you feel the presence of the Lord here, that's what you call and bring people to to come and, and be a disciple. And then the second thing is be an entrusted friend to them through service and active engagement. Active engagement through love. Praise the Lord. You know, it's hard to find a friend, isn't it? Hard to find a true friend that's with you, thick and thin. But we have to be witnesses. You know, To and speaking of witnesses, Rosie had a, a good testimony. Rosie, why don't you come up here? Because you can be a witness wherever you are. So Rosie is getting ready to go to... Switzerland again. Her daughter's there. She's producing kids rapidly. (laughs) She's only got (laughs) two. But Rosie's going to go there. And while you're making your flight plans, what happened, Rosie?
1: Well, I called last week to reserve my flight. But my daughter says, well, just, just reserve it for a little while and then see if I can find you a cheaper flight. So I did that. But when I... And most of the time when you call uh, the airlines, you will get outsourced out to another country. And it happened to be India the first time that I called. And the guy wasn't too helpful. He wasn't too energetic. And I really couldn't understand him. So that was last week. So I put him aside. So then he says, if you're going to keep these flight reservations, make sure you call back again so that you can confirm it. I said, okay. So anyway... My daughter and I talked, and we decided we were going to keep those flight reservations. So I had to call back again, and I said, Oh, no. And, and I've been moving for the, well, the past week, and so I've been really kind of tired and, and, and a little bit frustrated. And uh, so I said, Oh, no, I'm going to have to call back. And I know that they're just, I'm not going to understand them, and I'm going to get frustrated. So my attitude wasn't the best. So anyway, so I call, and I get this young man, and he starts off as usual, and I said, oh, you know, in my mind I'm thinking, oh, I can understand him, thank God, you know, and, and he was so helpful, and he was just, you know, uh, very ready to, to do the reservations for me. So then he starts asking the regular questions, you know, uh, uh, my address, my name, my passport number, and then he gets to my birth date, and he says, okay, what's your birth date? And I said, oh, 320, blind, bling." What did you say? Blank, blank. (laughs) So he stays quiet. I go, hello? Hello? Could you hear me? And he says, oh, my goodness, he says, I can't believe it. You have my mother's exact birthday. And I said, what? I said, I do. And I started laughing. And I said, no, are you kidding me? He says, no. He says, you have my mother's exact birthday. And he says, wow. Wow. He says, I, 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 this is such a small world. And he was just bewildered, you know. So um, he continued with the reservations, but in between, he started making conversation with me. And um, he started telling me, he says, uh, Let me ask you something. He says, What, you know, what makes you so cheery and so, so happy? And I said, Listen, I said, I've been going through a lot in the past week or so. I said, And I've gone through a lot in my life. I said, But you know what? I said, I believe in God. I said, and I trust in God, and he's the one that gives me the strength to have this attitude. I said, because I, I don't always have this attitude. I said, but thank you very much, I said, for, for, for the compliment. So then um, he says, well, you know, he says, my mother, he says, uh, she, she's, she's not as cheery as you and not as happy as you. And sometimes she tells me that I'm lazy, and she tells me some very mean things. My heart just, you know, I just wanted to reach over that phone and just hug him and just, just comfort him. And I said, listen, I said, you are such a wonderful young man. I said, I don't know you, but just in talking to you, I said, you're, you're sweet, you're helpful, you're very, very knowledgeable. I said, do me a favor. I said, tell your mother that I said that she did a wonderful job in raising a wonderful young man such as yourself. You know, and he says, oh, he says, I really needed to hear that. You know, he says, I just, I, I says, he says, here I am forgetting that I'm doing your reservation and I'm having such a good time talking to you. So I just told him, I said, you know, just keep that in mind. I said, you know, your mother, she may be tired. Maybe something's going on in her life. I said, you know, when you get up in years, I said, you start sometimes, you know, you're not as happy as you used to be. So just know that no matter what, your mother loves you. And you know what? I felt he put a big smile on my face, and I'm sure I put a big smile on his face. So I was able to tell him about the Lord, you know? So it was an opportunity.
0: Amen. Tremendous.